0: Wonderful friend, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nikurita, your host. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay with us uh, for this hour as. Uh, We are going to open the Bible together again, uh, look into the Bible, some beautiful uh, uh, teachings of the Bible. And also we have um, the usual uh, segment, uh, World Watch, which we are going to look at an uh, article. But uh, first of all, I would like to welcome uh, to our uh, program, our co-hosts, I will say Because I've got a uh, couple with me here in the studio And one online uh, Which uh, is waiting uh, uh, for me also to put him through But first of all, I'd like to say hello to Tracy Good to have you with us, Tracy
1: Hi, Nick and, and it's nice to have a few extra people around today To give their input into the program We hope the listeners will be really blessed by by what we have to bring
0: Absolutely And Tracy will we'll we we are trying to back you up a little bit because I know that you'll be away uh, in the next few weeks and uh, for for a period of time. Yes. Um As I said, envying you, uh, going holiday and me staying back here. But uh, <laughs> that's why we have also with us here, Charles, it's good to have
2: you with us. Uh, thank you for having me here. Um, it's quite exciting to be able to share God's word over the airwaves and Uh, Maybe get to touch your heart and uh, express the truth that God wants us to express.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Charles, just uh, if you could, a couple of words about yourself, because people may not uh, have heard you on uh, Faith FM. Have you been on Faith FM before or this is your first time? Uh, This is my first time on uh,
2: Faith FM radio, but I have appeared on...
0: Other other platforms, other platforms? Uh, yes, yes. So which Faith it's is uh, working uh, together, like Correct. Living Ministry Media. I think you you making reference and maybe some other things.
2: Yes, I have appeared on Living Ministries Media um, once or twice before. Oh, great! Well, just tell me just in couple of words a bit about yourself. So uh, originally, I'm I'm from Zimbabwe, and I've been here for. Or just over a decade now, <laughs> and uh, I do worship at Prospect International Seventh Day Adventist Church, where I'm involved uh, in leadership, in teaching, um, mostly in Sabbath School, and and any other activities. Um, mostly also including part of our youth, where I am a mentor there. So I do have uh, my plate quite full. I am uh, also kind of known as a preacher. <laughs>
0: Uh, Very good. And uh, Prospect International Church is just next door uh, from us here. If somebody is just listening today in this area in Prospect, why not to uh, come and visit uh, you at um, at the church there on every Sabbath morning, Saturday morning from uh, 10 o'clock, I believe, uh, you have the church open. And uh, I think twice a month, uh, because I visit that church regularly, you have a beautiful lunch there too and yes. all those things
2: we, we are actually starting at 9.30 um, and uh, every Friday at 7 o'clock we do have Bible studies that are going on as well with our local pastor, Pastor Ricardo so if you have a chance, please do
0: come in there's
2: wonderful lessons for you to to learn about
0: Wonderful! Hey, um, I will come to you a bit more, maybe in the next programs. You know, uh, if you love to to come with us, but I don't want to hold uh, on the line. Uh, David Delima from Family Voice Australia. David, can you hear us?
3: Yes, Nick. Great to be with you again.
0: Oh, it's good to have you with us, uh, David, uh, uh, over the phone. Um, I know you have a very busy schedule today. Actually, I know you are involved with some programs uh, tonight. Is that right?
3: Yes, tonight I'll be speaking about the Magna Carta over a dinner at the Public Schools Club. So the Magna Carta anniversary was just yesterday, the 15th of June, back in 1215, was when that uh, great document, that um, magnificent document, we might call it, was signed. And uh, we can talk a little bit about that if you like.
0: Well, well, look, we'll uh, we'll see how times goes. Yeah, we may. Um, but um, while you said that, actually, why not to move now into our segment uh, World Watch, and uh, we have an article also which which we'll l- like to look at uh, briefly, and then maybe um, you can share a little bit uh, with us, David, yeah, what you just said about uh, um, that uh, program which you have uh, tonight also. But sure. I would like actually to to ask Tracy if she would be able to read for us um, that article. Uh, and maybe just the three of you here um, may have some comments in, in that regard. Tracy, would you like to, uh, to start um, reading that article?
1: Sure. I'll pull out some of the more important um, excerpts from it. The title is uh, the article is headed up, Controversial Bible Translation Removes Endorsement from Michael W. Smith and Michael W. Smith many people would know is a very famous Christian singer uh, in America Uh, the article goes on the Passion Translation version of the Bible no longer has the endorsement of Grammy Award winning singer-songwriter Michael W. Smith the endorsement disappeared from the Passion Bible website after Smith faced backlash for his endorsement of the Bible translation, a version that has divided Christians. And some of the um, wording around his endorsement is in his initial endorsement statement, Smith called the translation a gift to Bible readers and a beautiful marriage of powerful accuracy and readable natural language. He went on to say, The vivid wording strips away the centuries, reminding me with every phrase that each prophecy, letter, history, account, poem, vision and parable is God's word to me today, just as much as it was to the original audiences, is is what he wrote. And what happened was uh, the article goes on to talk about the fact that uh, he actually got caught Quite a lot of backslash uh, from Christians about that, um, many questioning the accuracy of the translation. Uh, And uh, apparently, this translation has faced controversy over many years. And uh, another uh, example of uh, let's just say endorsement being removed is that most recently Bible Gateway which is quite um, a, a popular uh, website where you can look at all different versions of the Bible. They actually removed the translation from its site. So um, the Passion Translation is a translation done by a person called Brian Simmers uh, it says here, a former, mich- former missionary, linguist, and pastor who now leads Passion and Fire Ministries. Um, uh, and 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 that organisation, um, the the website, the TPT website, they also gave a statement basically saying that. Um there is no such thing as a truly literal translation of the Bible for there is not an equivalent language that perfectly conveys the meaning of the biblical text except as it is understood in its original cultural and linguistic setting was I guess their um, rebuttal mm. to the fact that there's a couple of um, well-known, uh, one an organization or one a website and one a uh um, famous Christian singer, who have um, decided to de-endorse, mm. if you like, the um, that translation.
0: Yeah. Now, first of all, uh, um, on this aspect, we are talking about uh, uh, translation of the Bible. We are uh, having many translations. Uh, we have sometimes even paraphrased uh, Bibles. And um, the question here, I mean, for... Uh, for you guys maybe to um what's your thought in this uh, regard to the um, to the article um and i may come to you david first uh, because in case if you need to leave earlier um you could do that uh, what's your first reaction to this because myself i had to admit uh, I never uh, look at this translation. I don't, uh, I didn't Yeah, have a chance to look into this translation, but probably, David, you may have had a chance to look at it. What's your first uh, reaction to this, or your impression?
3: Yes, good question, Nick. Well, the Passion Translation of the Bible, it's a few years old now, and uh, Passion is really the characteristic word of it, but I'm not sure that Translation is exactly the right word either. So, it's certainly Passionate, but it's not really a very good translation. Mm. I'll give you an example. For example, uh, our, our listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with the Lord's Prayer. Uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, etc. So listen to the Passion translation of that. Mm. Our Heavenly Father, may the glory of your name be the center on which our life turns. May your Holy Spirit come upon us and cleanse us. Manifest your kingdom on earth. And it continues Mm. So there are some portions of the So-called passion translation of the Bible That are twice as long as other translations So uh, now I get what they're trying to do They're trying to convey the sense of the teaching of Scripture But uh, there's another passage of Scripture which comes to mind And that is "Do not go beyond what is written Mm -hmm. And um, I think I'd be personally very uncomfortable about Using this, uh, or well, uh, you know, it could it could be helpful in some respects. I've, I've mm. got to concede that. But yeah. w- uh, our our task really as Christians is to is to get the Word of God uh, without it being fiddled with, and without things being added or subtracted. So I think it's rather um, problematic um, for them to have gone down this track. But I, I do understand what they're trying to do, and uh, so I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. Yes. The, art, the artist we've mentioned, uh, Michael W. Smith, he has just endorsed the translation and mm. it's been removed uh, from other contexts as well. So mm. I think people are, don't really have confidence in it. Uh, it shouldn't be the first translation by any means that we would go to uh, an argument could be made that it may be helpful for edification or for mm-hmm. just stretching people's thinking, but, um, it will, will not to be read a scripture or studied a scripture considering it is uh, such a loose paraphrase.
0: Yes. All right. Yeah, that's a um, uh, very good thought, uh, David. Any other thoughts here? Maybe Charles?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, with the Passion Translation, it's, it's literally a translation where one individual is reimagining what God ought to have said in the in His Word, of which we should rely on what the Spirit is actually saying, not our own imagination. And I think it's it kind of suffers from the culture of the day where people want everything to suit their own taste, which which is one of the major problems um, that I found it mm. has. And and the other thing is. Any any scripture, as the Bible says to us, uh, I think in the book of Peter, it says, um, prophecy is not of a private interpretation. So anything that is a one-man show mm-hmm. does certainly raise some problems because then they ends up having uh, a problem of uh, preferences, right. if I should say. Because yes. it's now just me as an individual yeah. with all my faults and flaws, just putting my thoughts out there. Uh, the other translations that we have, you, you find that they are all done in big, big numbers of people.
0: It's yeah, council. Yeah. They come counsel. together, uh, working through that. Yeah. I was going to uh, emphasize on that point, actually, Charles, because, yeah, you, you're right. You, you made a very good point there. Um, anybody can uh, start and rewrite, you know, the Bible if you like. Uh, but, uh, the Bible, it's, um, such a, um, how to say that uh work of um, can't think of the right word in English, but put together to benefit uh, the whole humanity you know uh, about it, and it's important to uh, to have counsel uh about it when you do it, and most of the uh, translations are done as uh, as you just said uh, by a variety of people with a background you know with the, uh, very various background uh, uh, and, and scholars and all those things uh, to make sure that what comes from the original text is as accurate as possible now we know that we have translations in uh, in general and even paraphrases i mentioned there are some probably some translations but not too many uh, word for word which again can be difficult in, uh, for me as uh, uh, second uh, English being second language. for me is very difficult. and sometimes I read the uh, translation which is not necessarily uh, the best one, but if I want to look at the teaching or a particular aspect in the Bible or teaching in the Bible, then I compare. I go to uh, different uh, translations to compare and look in the context of it rather than to just, uh, yes, thanks for that. Tracy, you may have a thought.
1: I think this uh, highlights the fact that there are different versions that perhaps can be used for different purposes. So this Passion Translation may perhaps be good as a devotional Mm -hmm. but not a study Bible, just as you might pick up a devotional book to use, as, as part of your devotion time uh, and that may um, uh, have, a, have a passage that highlights an aspect of Christ's character, of God's character and then you may spend your time in prayer, etc. Different mm. people have different ways that they like to pass their devotional time. That's a very different thing to Bible study and even as... Um, the tpt website when they gave their rebuttal if you like where they said you know there's no translation that is you know completely accurate Mm. because you know there's different cultural context and all of that kind of thing well that actually just shows us that we actually need to be studying widely when we're looking at things in the bible and trying to understand them further sometimes we might need to do a little bit of study to understand what was the culture Mm. of the day Mm. all of that kind kind of thing um but I think the very fact that uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls and what they found in the 1940s has been shown to that its accuracy is very current with what we read today yes. in terms of the... Um, The message and the idea, um, I'm quite comfortable. Mm. I I personally um, use both the King James Version and the New King James Mm -hmm. Version. But I will say, when I was introducing a a family member to understanding the Bible, I actually gave them the message to begin with, which is just a paraphrase. But I knew that that was where they were at. Mm. You know, I didn't Mm. say to them, you know, this is your study thing that you need to stay with. But I knew that they needed something with easy, to, easy yeah, language, to, something mm-hmm. that they could grab onto quickly. So I think it's just a matter of being very wise about how we use the different translations and understanding yes. that some are, um, are, are better to use for study, some which perhaps the accuracy might be a little bit more debatable, but the wording and the language used is actually easier to to. Yeah take on board then they may be better for devotionals that's that's my
0: view thanks for that and um, uh, just before I'm moving on I'd like to ask our listener uh, today if you have a, a thought a comment or maybe you come came across this uh, translation what's your story what's your experience send us a text message if you like to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one you know that you can be part of this program david just before we let you go uh, any thoughts in regard to this or if you like to move to the um, next thing which you love to share with us um yeah
3: Yes, I think it's all been said. Uh, we're dealing here really not with a translation, but with a paraphrase. Mm. And had they called it a paraphrase, I think people would not have argued, but the fact that they're saying that it's a translation I think really is a problem. All right. So something else that has to be translated, of course, is the Magna Carta because that was written in Latin. And uh, anyone wanting to study that today, unless they're a Latin scholar, would have to read it in translation. Mm. And that document is uh, one that we can celebrate. And what we're really seeing there is that we have Christian leadership standing up to the errors of government. Uh, in order to require, in this case, King John in the 13th century to stop being an oppressive, tyrannical king and to behave himself. So the Magna Carta really is an agreement between the crown and the people through their leaders, the barons. It was uh, drafted by the Archbishop of Canterbury at the time, and he well would have understood the story in the Old Testament about King David committing adultery and murder Mm -hmm. and how the prophet Nathan had to rebuke him. So there's good biblical precedent for standing up against kings who misbehave. And we've now largely settled that issue in that the crown in particular is no longer our master but our servant. And Jesus, of course, said that uh, kingship rightly understood relates to service I am among you as one who serves," he said, "and the one who rules mm. should be like me." He's saying, "the one who serves." So, Magna Carta really uh, is, is the beginning of that process within our within our Westminster system, so to speak, as it's produced for us a civic system that really does work quite well and where we have uh, the opportunity to call out misbehaviour, and goodness knows that's just happening in the federal parliament even as we speak. Mm. So uh, we, we have thrown away this notion of the divine right of kings, where they thought that they could do anything, and instead we've replaced it by constitutional government and by a model of servant leadership. So I really thank God for Magna Carta and for all that has come to us uh, since that time in the 13th century.
0: Well, thank you so much, uh, David. And we are, um, you know, uh, our thoughts are with you and our prayers as you are uh, going to speak tonight uh, about this. And uh, yeah, thank you again for uh, taking a bit of time and come with us, David. This is David Lima from uh, Family Voice Australia. Okay, well, uh, we just put a short plug uh, here and we'll um, we'll come back to talk about the uh, topic which we have uh, for today. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And we are grateful to uh, Adventist World Radio for their support and their ministry, reaching out into the whole world uh, with the good news, the gospel. And we are trying to do the same. This is Faith FM, Drive Time, BQ&A with Nick Rita. And in the studio here with us, uh, we still have... Tracy Papandreou, which um, worships at uh, Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Adelaide. And we have Charles uh, coming from uh, Prospect International uh, Church, also with us uh, today here. Now, guys, we are um, looking into um, a very yeah interesting, I'll say, topic. Uh, this is the second part of the uh, radical teachings in the parables of Jesus. And we looked at a number of parables last week and uh, this week. Today we are also going to talk a little bit about the the parable of the ten virgins. And uh, we'll come to that in a moment. But before that, I would like to remind our listeners that uh, Faith FM Australia is currently uh, running a promotion and uh, you, my dear friend listening, uh, you can be part of this winning some merchandises which we have like uh, Faith FM jacket or uh, Faith FM hat, uh, Faith FM mug. And uh, one of the ways you can... uh, uh, get to this is to have a secret code which we provide only if you listen to this live program from uh, uh, Drive Time in South Australia. The code is South, which stands from South Australia. You just need to write that code South, and you'll you have this opportunity to win uh, some of these things which I just mentioned. Please send us uh, that code to zero four triple eight eight zero eight. Double One, otherwise, you can always visit faithfm.com.au and you will find out more details in regard of this but But I would like to come now uh, uh, to the yeah, to our topic today, and I may ask you Tracy to uh, take us uh, through a little bit and just you know when we talk about parables. Even the disciples were a little bit, um, you know, kind of worried or concerned why Jesus is confused. talking, confused, why <laughs> Jesus is talking in parables, why yeah. Jesus is not saying directly as it is, you know, yeah. and uh, Jesus gave a very good reason, you know, uh, uh, to their concern. Um, and many times parables could be full of even some symbols, some, you know, uh, lessons to to learn from, you um, Would you be able actually to unpack a little bit uh, when we talk about parables? uh, Give us maybe a few ideas. uh,
1: uh, Sure. Our parable today is about tired believers, Mm. isn't it? And, And we're going to be talking about the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. And so I thought it might be best if we just start off with me reading that through. So I'm going to be reading from Matthew 25, 1 to 13. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So uh, it's a really interesting and challenging parable, I think. And, and as you said, Nick, you know, um, lots of people were confused about the parables that Jesus used but he often used metaphors um, that took advantage of the cultural environment of the time you know in that day uh, there would be a Big procession when people were going to be married, and you know there was there was um, lots of people who were part of that procession, and this is where you know they're waiting with the with the oil and their lamps and all of that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So the people listening to that story would have been able to understand it in a way that perhaps we're not able to understand it today. Mm. So we need to. We often say Nick about we talk about the importance of not reading. Just single things in the Bible, and taking you know our interpretation from that straight, and 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 not uh, looking across the Bible. The importance of reading across the Bible to have a good interpretation, and understanding mm-hmm. of of what is being said in any particular verse. Um, as you talked about parables, of, parables often use symbolism, and some of the symbols that are so apparent in this are the bridegroom, mm-hmm. which uh represents jesus and we know that because in matthew nine fourteen to 15 that uh scripture talks about jesus as a bridegroom we don't have time to go and quote all of the all mm. of these things but um people can go and have a look at that afterwards if they would like to that that uh, matthew nine fourteen to 15 is a discussion um on Jesus disciples fasting while John's disciples did not and that's where uh, it talks about you know the the bridegroom being present but not being able to be present um, for always uh, there's also the virgins uh, who are part of this parable they're a large part of this this parable and um, and a virgin in the Bible stands for or represents a pure church mm-hmm. or pure believers, and we can know this. Uh, Ephesians five twenty-five to twenty-seven is a discourse on marriage, where um, uh, where it's discussed about how um, the church is represented by a woman, Christ and the church. Husbands are admonished in that particular. Um, Scripture to love their wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that she would be sanctified, that he might present her to himself a glorious church. Mm. And oil is also used in this parable the oil in the lamps. This is a key part of the parable. The oil here is used to represent the Holy Spirit. Among the more than 200 times that oil is mentioned in the Bible, the connection is used as the metaphor of the Holy Spirit's present presence and mm, action. Mm. So it's important for us to understand the key players, the key symbols and what they represent before we look to try to interpret further.
0: Yes, and... Um As we mentioned here that we may look a a little bit more to this in particular the 10 virgin uh, uh, parable and the description because you find out here there are 5 wise and 5 foolish and we have this title today a parable to the tired believer uh, you know all of them the 10 of them they were quite tired you know mm. but some of them were a bit wiser than others and i wonder if uh, in among ourselves you know in our churches uh, if we have tired people and sometimes not so wise <laughs> in regard to what's going on uh, in this world in particular uh, in this context uh, the um, uh, the coming of jesus mm. you know was expected and uh, to be at sleep to be preoccupied with something else, or to be even negligent—that's a big thing. Mm. And I think that's uh, something. Uh, Charles, uh, any thoughts on in regard to the parables? And I'm—I'm I'm also asking our listener if you have any thoughts in regard to the parables of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why not to send us um, a thought? You know the number zero four triple eight eight
2: zero eight double one. Yeah, uh, it's quite interesting that most of the time when we hear about the 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 this parable we instantly rush to to the 10 virgins but there is a key in the first verse when you read it where it says then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto the 10 virgins so this parable really is about the kingdom of heaven mm. and and when i was uh, why why jesus would be using parables um I came across a thought that said, through speaking in parables, Jesus grants understanding to those who are seeking after Him, revealing truth to those who are willing to listen and thoughtfully consider what He has to say. Conversely, those whose hearts are hardened against Him have the truth hidden from them. So, if when you are looking at these ten virgins, and as Sarah has already elaborated, Tracy. Tracy, sorry. That's okay.
1: We're new to each other. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Tracy. So the, the ten virgins, they they obviously are virgins that are seeking after the truth with their hearts, so they've got this preparation and and more effort put into it. And there are those who are not so serious about seeking after the truth of God. Mm. And hence at the end of the day, uh, as we go down the verses, says the ones that did not have oil were left out, or in other words, they were left in darkness. Mm-hmm. So when we continue to seek after the truth of God, we will indeed be walking in the light because the kingdom of heaven is about seeking after the light and walking in that light. Tiredness does come. Uh, mm-hmm. The journey to heaven is, is, is not an easy one. And I think we're going to maybe elaborate more on, on, on the whole parable because sure. there, there is slumber and sleeping of all the 10 virgins. It's not just the foolish ones that are sleeping. And it's an important point to, point to note that even the wise ones mm-hmm. also got a point of slumbering. Yeah. So it's, it, it's a journey which everyone at some point gets tired but Mm -hmm. that extra push where does it come from maybe that's the part which is so important where do i get the extra push how do i get the extra push how do i maintain the faith when christ seems to be taking long
0: to come Oh, thanks Uh, thanks for that uh, charles coming to you tracy now what is the parable saying
1: so a bit of what Charles had to say, you know, I'll just reiterate. Um, it talks about the end of the to- end of time. The bridegroom, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. is returning, um, and it's interesting. It, it's he's going to be returning at the midnight hour, you know, or there's God knows the exact timing, but it's going to seem to those waiting for him as a great delay, so much so that. They're all going to, even with their, you know, their, their good intentions in the beginning, all fell asleep.
0: And midnight uh, for me, I mean, for maybe different people look differently, but for me, uh, illustrates uh, darkness. You know, mm. illustrates we live in a world uh, which is full of darkness. And Jesus is about to come. Jesus is about to come at, at that time when we list. Uh, expected mm. uh, people now are now preoccupied with all sorts of things but not mm. as much with the coming of Jesus Christ we live in this darkness but just i, I thought just and to make a point on on that how i uh, looked at this uh, mm. in my own uh, understanding
1: and even committed believers fall into that mm. you know that although we're waiting for god's return we live in this world and it is a balancing act to live in this world but not of this world if yes, we're all very yes. honest, Absolutely. you know, we have to um, make a living, uh, have somewhere to live, have something to eat, and we're told that we don't we don't need to worry about those those things. Um, but in our mortality, in our humanness, uh, we can easily get distracted mm-hmm. from from the importance of of um, Christ's return. I, I think it's really interesting. You know, there would have been original. Um, Excitement of anticipating the return of Christ. Um, But as time goes on and there are more scoffers, uh, you know, those who are not, uh, how do I say it, are not filled regularly with the Holy Spirit. Uh, their their um, their in- excitement and anticipation wanes and they fall sleepy, mm-hmm. almost like, actually, Pastor Gary uh, gave a talk which mentioned this recently in church and uh, uh, he was talking about the fact, he said, I wonder whether it was actually sleep or whether it's more like a stupor kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. where you're just not, you're not alert, you're not there, you're not with it, kind of thing. Um, either way, uh, not actually in a right state of mind to, you know, be prepared and ready. Um, but when the cry comes, in this parable. Half of them are prepared because they ensured they kept the Holy Spirit alive mm. with them. They had enough to begin with to see them through the course of time. They were ready once the lamps had been trimmed to go forth to meet the Lord. But there were others who they didn't anticipate that it would take so long. They weren't um, ensuring that they had enough of the Holy Spirit that would endure a delay that would last, um, things taking longer, the return being more delayed than they thought. Mm. There'll be those who realize their lack and realize that we're at the end of time, so they'll seek to gain the Holy Spirit from others. They'll seek, you know, what have you got um, Nick, that I don't have. Show me how I get that. You know why are you so ready to receive mm. Christ? And I've kind of got my myself here, you know, in the world. Um, but being born of the spirits a really personal thing, and you can't get it from anyone else. You can't yeah, you can share. It. I
0: mean, you can share as a, as a personal testimony, you know, your uh, journey, your walk with Jesus. But each person needs to have a personal. Encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ, a personal relationship. You cannot count on the experience of uh, another person, which can be even in family or, uh, you know, in the church to say I'm part of this church. At least I'm going regularly to this church. But, you know, you need to have an encounter with Jesus, with our Lord Yourself. And you
1: can't get that from anyone else. You mm. can get good teaching, you can get all of those things, but good teaching is it does not equal having the Holy Spirit and being born again. Uh, that's something that comes from God that is a bit of a mystery. We're told, you know, it's like the wind blowing. We don't know where it comes from exactly or where it's going, but it, we see the effects of of it. Mm. Um, the foolish virgins, they'll seek to get their act together and call on the Lord, but it's going to be too late. While they're trying to come closer to God and receive the Holy Spirit, the Lord will return, but they won't be ready. The wise virgins go into the wedding and the door is in shut. And the foolish versions, virgins, those believers who were not ready, they'll ask for the Lord to accept them at mm-hmm. that stage but he's he won't in fact he will go as far as to say assuredly i say to you i do not know you and i would like to turn that around i'll do my own paraphrasing here i think he won't know them because they don't know him right uh, so you know it's 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 very easy to kind of just say you know god is good he accepts me all of that kind of thing but it's very important to look at this parable and the fact that these are all believers. This is not Mm, external mm. to believers. This is all believers. So there will be some believers who they have head knowledge. They Mm. think they're following the right thing, but they have not been born again. They do not have, they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to take on board yeah. because it's it's quite it in some ways it seems to conflict where you know we're told as long as we have faith that's that's all we need and we will be saved but with all of these things we need to study deeply and I think this shows that um, it's those who are truly committed mm. and have prepared themselves that will be ready and will be taken in. Yes, yes. Time.
0: Well, thanks for uh, that. Uh, Charles, uh, any comments um, before I'm going to take a short break and play a song uh, in what Tracy was just reading?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, when looking at this story of uh, of the brides, uh, I like uh, the, the point that Tracy has raised about Having the Holy Spirit and having that experience is not a shared experience Mm. of walking with Christ. It's something that an individual has to do themselves personally. You have to know Christ for yourself. Uh, The pastor or the evangelist cannot tell you how to have that experience. You live it. and, And it comes with having that oil or the Holy Spirit to Uh, in fact guide you Mm. into a stronger relationship and that part of christ saying i never knew you that means there was no relationship there or that intimacy that comes with knowing what truly christ is
0: and living the way he wants us to live Yes, indeed. Well, time is going so fast, uh, guys, and uh, we'll really like to look a little bit more uh, deeper into these things, but I just want to take a short break here, and before that, I would like to remind our listeners that uh, Faith FM Australia is currently uh, running a promotion, and uh, you, my dear friend listening, uh, you can be part of this, winning some merchandises which we have, like uh, Faith FM jacket or uh, Faith FM hat, uh, Faith FM mug, and uh, one of the ways you can uh, uh, get to this is to have a secret code which we provide. Only if you listen to this live program from uh, uh, Drive Time in South Australia, the code is SOUTH which stands from South Australia. You just need to write that code SOUTH and you'll you'll have this opportunity to win uh, some of these things which I just mentioned. Please send us uh, that code to 04888 Eight zero eight double one. Otherwise, you can always visit faithfm.com.au, and you will find out more details in regard of this. But right now, a beautiful song when the bridegroom comes.
4: See the Bride and the Spirit are one When won't you who are thirsty and Baby Be-
0: This is Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick, Rita, Tracy and uh, Charles here We're in the studio from Adelaide, South Australia. Uh, today we are continuing to talk about the parables of Jesus, radical teachings in the parables of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, just before the break, uh, we talk about the a little bit about the Parable of the Ten uh, Virgins, and I'm going to ask uh, Tracy how can we interpret this for our lives in everyday uh, um, you know, uh, thing we do um, uh, today in our churches in our personal journey with mm-hmm. our Lord Jesus Christ but Tracy, just before uh, I'm coming to you I'd like to remind our listeners again that we run this special uh, offer, We Faith FM Australia has um, a promotion where my dear friend, you can uh, win, uh, like a Faith FM jacket, uh, FM hat or a mug um, and we have a secret code which also you can do it during this time with uh, drive time uh, that code is SOUTH. If you send that code to us uh, right now to zero four triple you you'll qualify for that otherwise I'm uh, inviting you if you miss on that to visit fatefm.com. A you. Tracy, yeah, take us through a little bit more into uh, this uh, parable and application for uh, each one of us
1: So, you know, we need to remember that there was an admonition in that parable Watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming So it's all about preparation, being prepared Um Even if we know the Bible, without the Holy Spirit in our lives, without being born of the Spirit, we won't be part of God's kingdom. We Mm. need the Holy Spirit. one role of which the Holy Spirit has is to teach us all things and to bring to your remembrance that all that I have said, this is Jesus speaking in John fourteen twenty six. 26. Um, it's only through the working of the Holy Spirit that our lives can be transformed. I've said so many times, mm. no matter how many times you want to be a good Christian and you're going to sit there with your, your fists clenched and your teeth clenched mm. together, that's not going to, it's only a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit um, transforming you that's going to make those changes. The foolish virgins, they weren't hypocrites. they were there. they had their lamps. they just hadn't yielded themselves to the spirit to be transformed. and so they were content with a superficial going along with not being prepared. Um, and I think this this uh, also flags the fact that, service to God kind of and the relationship with God after a long period of time can just degenerate into a form. And it reminds me of Ezekiel 34, 30 to 32, which says... As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of the houses and they speak to one another. Everyone saying to his brother, please come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. So they come to you as people do, they sit before you as my people and they hear your words but they do not do them for with their mouth, they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument for they hear your words, but they do not do them. So, you know, there's a real admonition about being prepared, making the Holy Spirit. And if, you know, maybe there's people listening who they kind of go, do I have the Holy Spirit? You know, I, I want the Holy Spirit, but I'm not sure that I have it. I personally, my advice would be come to the Lord in prayer. Sincerely come before Him. And tell him of your need of the Holy Spirit and how much you desire mm. to have the Holy Spirit. And then create an atmosphere in your life. Spend time in the Word. We're told in 2 Timothy, Timothy 3.16 that the Word is given for all training to make a man and a woman mm. complete mm-hmm. in the Lord. Mm. You know, so, so spending time in the Word is very, very important. Um, the Holy Spirit makes all the difference because even the, disciples before Pentecost, they they were not converted. You know, um, Jesus predicted Peter's denial of him and he made it clear to, the, to Peter that he wasn't yet fully converted. In Luke 22, 31 to 32, he says, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have, one version says, return to me, but the King James version says, when you are converted... Strengthen your brethren. Mm. So we really need that Holy Spirit um, experience. And it needs to be a daily thing that we have enough of the Holy Spirit burning bright within our, within our lives, even through the dark times.
0: Right. Yes. Uh, Charles, any thoughts? Ah, yeah. Um, so
2: when we look at uh, Christ coming at midnight, that's, that's not a normal time for... <laughs> for for us in the Western world to comprehend that a wedding can happen at midnight. Mm. But he is coming when he is now least expected. And the thought here is for us to to always be prepared. And it takes me to, to the book of Nehemiah in chapter four verses twenty three, where Nehemiah and and the men would sleep with their armor and weapons strapped to their bodies. So At any moment, they were ready to get up and defend the city. So what's the application for us? We need to be spiritually ready. Even when it seems like we are slumbering, we need to be spiritually ready. And not have this thought, which is uh, already expressed uh, in Scripture, in Second Peter chapter three, uh, that the scoffers will say, "Where well, is the sign of His coming? Mm-hmm. He is taking so long since the fathers died. Yes. Nothing seems to be happening." Uh, and, and as believers, I think that's where the danger is, where we think, oh, "Well, it's it's taken so long. I can I can relax a little bit." Mm-hmm. And And that slab is where we are caught
0: unawares. Yeah. Well, uh, time is going fast. We have maybe just two minutes to wrap it up. But I don't want to miss the opportunity to encourage our friend listening today to send us that secret code which we give you. Today, the code is SOUTH. Please send that one to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. You may qualify for some merchandise which we have prepared for you like a Faith FM jacket, a hat or a mug, all those things. Get on your phone and message that code uh, to us south. Tracy, would you be able in in a minute and a half to bring it a bit together?
1: Well, this parable was about how important the Holy Spirit is going to be to believers in the end. And we know from this parable that we need to have enough of the Holy Spirit. So uh, I just say that's something we need to be working on. Uh, We need to be working on our relationship with Christ. Christ in that situation said to the people who were shut out, I don't know you. So we need to make sure that we do know him. As Charles said, that we're in an intimate relationship with him. And so um, I just encourage all of the believers uh, to be working on that, knowing that Christ will return at the darkest hour things will be dark before he returns and we need to be filled with the holy spirit to be ready
0: Mm, wonderful thank you so much tracy charles would you be able to just close with a short order of prayer sure
2: oh kind and heavenly father we thank you this evening lord for uh, reminding us that uh, your coming is soon and uh, we need your spirit not to slumber And even though we slumber, Lord, uh, we pray that uh, as we are filled with your spirit, we will wake up ready at the darkest hour while we wait for you. Lord, give us that uh, patience to be in your word always, to have that light within us and also to share with those who are still in darkness so that they may come to the light and be ready for you when you shall appear. Thank you, Lord. I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. And the time time it's up uh, for us today, not for you yet, my dear friend. You have seconds still to send that code, secret code, south to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. My dear friend, uh, next time we are going to look at uh, is the Good Book too violent. One of the questions which we'd like to ask uh, in the next program is, why does the Bible contain so much violence? Until then, may God richly bless you and have a wonderful, safe walk in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Here is a
4: story from the good book we know. A story about a miracle that happened long ago We hope that you'll take courage when
3: temptation you meet There's somebody watching you who's strong when you're
4: weak They wouldn't bear They held on to the will of God so we're told They wouldn't bow They would not bow their knees to the idol made of gold They wouldn't burn They were protected by the fourth man in the fire They
3: wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't
2: burn Daniel tells about three men who walked with God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, before the wicked king they stood. And the king commanded them bow and thrown in the fiery furnace that day, but the fire was so hot that the men were slain who forced them on their way. Now when the three were cast in and the king rose up to witness his awful fate, he began to tremble at what he saw and in astonished tones he spake. Did we not cast three men bound into the midst that fire? Well, oh, I see four men unhurt, unbound, and Walking down there. Uh, They're Shadrach, Meshach, indigo, and, and the fiery coals they trod. And the form of the fourth man that I see is like the Son of God. They, they held on to the will of God, so we are told.
3: They wouldn't bow their knees to the idol made of gold. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow,
4: they wouldn't burn. The will of God, so we are told they wouldn't bow They wouldn't bow their knees to the idol man of gold.
3: They wouldn't burn. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire, they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. They wouldn't do the will of God,
4: so we're told. They, wouldn't they would not bow the knees to the idol men of gold. They, they were protected by the fourth man in the fire, they wouldn't bend. They